Well, I mean, it's like the staff room, right? Like, that's where people go on their downtime. They have their 15-minute break, you know, regulated by Star Fleet, and <laughs> that's where they go. Well, he also goes... Like, oh, sorry, Paul. No, I was, was going to make a glib joke that it's like 10 backward. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Chelsea. I'm Abby. And I'm Paul, and welcome to 3D Beam Up. Today we are talking episode 27 of the first season, The Alternative Factor. Uh, guys, I have no memory of this episode ever <laughs> before. Hmm. I swear I've watched it. I I know I've watched all of TOS. I know I have. I have no memory of this episode. Did you block okay, it because me, it's so bad? Here's me setting down my notes for a while then. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is a forgettable episode, huh? No, yes, it's it not really because is. it's so bad. No, it's so forgettable though because so little happens and what does happen is so confusing. Yes. I I literally, I watched this episode. I have multiple notes watching this episode going, I have no memory of this. Not, yep. I am Gandalf in, in Guys, Moria. I it was so nothing. It was so confusing. I had to read Memory Alpha just to recap the plot. So I understood I, I what happened. It, I watched it several times and I still walked away kind of not really sure. <laughs> I mean, I think I have an idea of what the writer maybe was thinking before you wrote it maybe or she <laughs> maybe. or she uh, no i looked it's um it is okay. oh, it's, i forget it is um somebody that sounded familiar um i should look that back up okay guys while we're talking about this though at thirty four forty three, kirk says what is going on and i think that is a brilliant <laughs> internal commentary thank you kirk <laughs> what is going on no one knows i yeah, this is... <sighs> This was written by Don Ingalls, um, who wrote oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. good episodes, like A Private Little War, uh, if I'm remembering right, is one of my, yeah, I think this is, yeah, this is one of my favorite episodes, maybe de- definitely top 10. Um, and then this one, right? So, well, <laughs> should we, should we recap from the beginning? Because I think it starts <laughs> off with some promise. Yes, I do. I do agree with that. Oh, um, see, I, I have my first note for this episode is there's no Sulu at the helm. This isn't a great start. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, that is true. There's no Sulu. And that's unfortunate. There is. They do immediately set up high stakes. They do. Right? Well, and they do it and even before suspense. that, there's this it's, really slow beginning that I really like. It shows just like yeah. the regular day to day routine. And you have to just imagine that a lot of their life is just like surveying planets and doing this boring every Tuesday. stuff. Yeah. And I kind of like that because it gives it um, gives the ship this life and personality outside of what we see. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Chelsea. Good. <laughs> and then it all goes downhill <laughs> from there. Well, yeah, and yes. then it then it sort of spirals out. Um, because I mean, I have we have those. Well, let's say it starts with the bridge shakes with those like spotty light exposure. I like things. the. I mean, yeah, the double exposure effect is is. It's cool pretty enough. cool. No, right. yeah. It, it's, like, it's, the effect is pretty cool. I like it. It works. It's alerting you that something's happening, right? It's not... Imp- I don't think it's implying that that's what they're seeing, obviously. No. But, um, 
it's alerting you that something's happening. No, yeah, it's some sort of visual signifier. I don't know what they're seeing. Are they just like going in and out of existence? Sure, right? Yes. That's a good question. Because that's what Spock implies. This is also a pretty Spock light episode, right? Yeah, he doesn't do kind much. of bones medium Kirk heavy episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Spock's like, oh yeah, our sensors said like the planet didn't have gravity and stuff. <laughs> and so the question I had was, were the sensors in existence to take <laughs> the measurements when there was no existence? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it says that like has zero gravity and then like the a complete disruption of magnetic and gravimetric fields or whatever yeah. blah 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 time warp second. distortions blah 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 but like i don't understand I don't think... <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> i don't think that right i think the the core idea is something's happening and the universe is blinking out of existence like and then blinking back in but if you weren't right? out that's, of that's existence the seed of it. how would you know you were out of existence I mean, it, there's there's more philosophical questions there than anything. Um, but if the universe didn't exist for one second and then did the next in the same place it did before, you know, sensors probably wouldn't pick it up because they also wouldn't have existed. But that's the maybe that's that's probably the least issue I have with this episode <laughs> <laughs> to, to get hang up on my first. first okay, maybe question. it just makes them feel weird. Let's go with that. Let's let's <laughs> let's. I think that we have to do some suspension dis disbelief to even start picking apart the rest of the episode. I think the way they set it up at the beginning is the universe is blinking in and out of yes. existence. and the planet is like the epicenter of that. Yeah, which raises some other questions. Um, boy. Right. <laughs> I could just tear through but, pages but if, of questions. if we accept that. <laughs> if we accept that. Then, okay. So Starfleet calls. Or, or no, other things happen first. They go down to the planet first, right? Yeah, well, and it's the best landing party ever. Again, again, yeah. I know this happens all the time, but Kirk's like, oh, is it going to be dangerous? And Spock's like, yes. So Kirk's like, naturally, you and I should both go. <laughs> At least they bring a crew. They right? That's important. Yeah. That, that is, there's a lot of episodes where they're like, going into a dangerous situation. I'm just going to take Spock and McCoy. And it's like, you couldn't take some security. So at least they do that well here. Which is different. I guess so. But I also have that note, Charles, where I'm just like, there's something completely unknown and dangerous. I'm going to take the first officer and myself, and we're going to go down and check it out. <laughs> so they go, they beam down to Southern California. Yep. And they, they do. Um, what are you talking about? It's a totally unknown planet that looks nothing like any other episode. God, it's the exact same. It's not even like they pick a different part no, of the no. desert. It's, it's just the same like, one. <laughs> <laughs> the same spot. There must be like one part they have like cleared of like brush, yeah, yeah. brush and oh, snakes. Sure. <laughs> Kirk's got already got a trailer on it, so they don't. Um, it's it's also a weird ship, right? Lazarus's ship. I like it. I think it looks like it's out of the Jetsons. Super Jetsony. That's a great pull. Um, I was gonna say it's it's like the prototypical golden age silver age sci-fi ship yeah which jetsons would jetsons would super fit that's a great great pull but while i was um, poking around on memory alpha trying to figure out what happened i read that it was supposed to be a cone-shaped ship oh what does that even mean i have no idea but it sounds cool too <laughs> i bet here's what happened he wrote it as a cone-shaped ship and props got that and said Meh. <laughs> here's something we have from an, another movie we got this one from yeah Lost another in movie space, so no, it's almost <laughs> certainly from another movie oh boy that's definitely secondary prop but it's it's a cool enough ship i guess um yeah and then they bring him back up well they right? find oh, crazy bearded first. person who's lazarus boy 
that costume corner. That oh my god, that beard. That That's terrible fake beard. Fake beard. Oh, it was so bad. It was it, so bad. bad. It might be the worst it's, facial hair, hair like, in TOS. It's so bad. Like, was it super important that his character had a beard? No, it wasn't. <laughs> but I did I did have the note since we watched Mirror Mirror a while ago. I did have the note. I'm like, see, if only their facial hair had been different, we would have known which one was evil. <laughs> yeah, right. There's, I mean, uh, well, um, Decker. De- it was Decker, right, from um, the Doomsday Machine. Like, I think they don't utilize the, like, five o'clock shadow enough. No. Where he was, like, true. also kind of crazy, but it was like, oh, if you're kind of crazy, you don't get, like, a long goatee <laughs> with no. no other facial hair. No. Um, that's, that's, you've taken care to get that no, if it's real. I love that um, on Decker. I thought it was great. And it was fun oh, yeah, to draw. Decker is great. Fun yeah. to draw on the board. Like, it was wonderful. Decker feels like somebody who's been sitting around and, like, not keeping up with hygiene. For sure. This guy. Feels like somebody who's shaving every morning. Yeah. However, I do like his blue sparkly jacket. True. Yeah. Which, if we're staying in costume corner, apparently this costume is reused in a later episode. Please. <laughs> I want to get course. a copy. By a, back, by a background <laughs> extra in um, Journey to Babel. How, did, how is that even possible? Two. It gets, like, destroyed. Do they yeah. just, like, brush it off and sew it up? Probably. Well, that's why it's in the background. Right? Yeah, it's a, it's an extra costume okay. in Journey to Babel. So, like, they must yeah. have had $5 by the but, end yeah. of that series. I also want to, I kind of want to give them a little bit of, like, maybe the goatee terribleness was because the actor was a last-minute replacement. Maybe? Oh, yeah. So can we talk about that? Was it? Oh, last minute. It was. Okay, tell me tell me about it. It was. So it was supposed to be, Lazarus was supposed to be played by John Drew Barrymore, who is the father of Drew Barrymore, um, but he didn't show up for work. And so they had to like go find Robert Brown at the last minute. And they basically was, it was basically, I guess, from what I huh. read on Memory Alpha, they were like, hey, Robert Brown, do you want to do this part? And he was like, yeah, I guess so. And they were like, all right, we're going right now and we're going to start filming immediately. But guys, can you blame him for not showing up after reading this script? I mean, but you signed yeah, a contract yeah. and it's a really unprofessional thing to do to not show up. But it must have been <laughs> just as bad of a script as it was an episode. It was it's a weird episode. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how you revise this one. We're not deep into it. Maybe that's a thought to keep in the back of our heads of how, how do you make this one better by the end of it? But um, I don't know if you can. Yeah. Well, let's continue chronologically sure because we're going to just run into the problems as we go. Oh, we're, yeah, we've already steamrolled over a bunch. I'm not. <laughs> we're not looking back. So um, <laughs> they, they go back to the ship, and then then we actually learn some interesting things about dilithium crystals. Like maybe they're rechargeable. Yeah. Right. Because they get it's just drained. like plug it into the wall <laughs> socket. Like we just need just. Like, why don't they have solar panels on the ship or something? Because, well, now this confirms that dilithium, like, like are a resource that needs to be renewed. But apparently, yeah. like, later they can't renew it a lot of the times for some reason. Maybe it's, like, old, you know... Well, I guess any ba- rechargeable batteries. <laughs> well, look, we're, we're, we're making too much of it. <laughs> it's rechargeable in this episode, but... Yeah, in other ones it's not. But that would have been a, actually a kind of a good idea. Because they still could have had all the problems later. I do feel like there's other times where they talk about essentially charging them in other series, but I, I, I can't point to any of them, so I might be making it up. Um, but yeah, they they talk about them charging. They talk about them like charging themselves essentially mm-hmm. later in the episode. Um, that like they drain power, but then they like refill. Um, 
which is very weird. Right. Again, another problem that I think is intractable and we're not going to have a good answer to. And then I think, then is it Starfleet? Oh, no. Then he like says randomly their orbit's going to decay. So I had a science question. Is that true? true. Would their orbit decay in 10 hours? Or I thought an object in space would just stay floating. No, well, no, they're close enough to the planet. The reason that they're orbiting the planet is they have forward momentum. Um, so if... I mean, if you were to get an orbit, you'd probably put yourself in a stable orbit where your momentum, like, like, you know, there's lots of satellites up in space that have relatively stable orbits that every once in a while they have to boost themselves up a little bit more, but more or less they're stable. Um, it, depending on how close they had to be to the planet, they could put themselves, you know, in a Lagrange point or something like that. But um, essentially, if they had no power, they wouldn't just immediately plummet to the surface, but they would probably start to decay over time but it would probably be a longer time frame than okay hours. so that is a thing so good good job it could happen good job though but <laughs> there'd be a lot of there's a lot of back of the envelope math that you'd have to do to if you were parking a spaceship in in orbit you'd probably do it so that you'd have some time if your engine shut off <laughs> yeah good point maybe 10 hours is what they calculated <laughs> all right and then but good question good question then it's starfleet yeah so starfleet calls up oh man Abby, did you read about that in Memory Alpha? I did, yeah. I did like that bit. It was so this is the first two way communication with Starfleet in the series. Otherwise it had all been um, relayed radio messages. So this is the first time they do like they can actually communicate in real time with Starfleet, which was cool. Is there because often they'll talk about that and say like it's gonna take a time for the message right, to get Right, exactly. Back. This is the first time they've had, like, real-time communication with Starfleet. So, does that mean they're just super close to Earth? Or they just finally figured out the science. <laughs> or decided <laughs> that, they, that the science existed. That they don't use in later episodes. Right? Yes. Possibly. Yeah. Um, or they're close enough. Who knows? Nobody so the, says. The Starfleet problem... <laughs> yeah, Zuck, like, maybe, problems. Maybe, maybe this is one of the larger problems. So is this a fact something that's happening and then emanating out from the planet? What's your read on that? I got that impression. That's kind of what mm -hmm. I understood. It was like this was ground zero and the after effects were felt throughout the universe. Galaxy like a wave. Or something? Like a wave. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what I understood. So that's how Starfleet implies it, right? And if that's the way it's happening, then you're bound by some pretty pretty firm constraints, the speed of light. Um, in which case, it would take a long time for the effect to be felt on Earth um, or in all the other quadrants. But if they're um, communicating, but they just have to be super close to Earth. That's the only conclusion we can draw, right? I mean, if, if, if they were like at Pluto, if they were at, you know, the moon, it's still going to be minutes. If they're at like Pluto, it's going to be... Uh, what is that? Probably, I'd have to look at, I'd have to Google that. But it's going to be like hours to days. So we have to conclude um, it's going faster than the speed of light. Yes, which I would also buy if they said, this is something that's just impacting the existence of the universe, like at a core fundamental underlying unit. Um, it just happens everywhere because the universe doesn't exist anymore. That's a stretch, but like, then you could say, okay, it was felt everywhere. Um, but then they would not be able to center it and say, oh, it was centered here without, like, you know, the drop in the pond sort of effect. Yeah, and then I also didn't understand everyone's conclusion. Maybe I just don't <laughs> understand military, like, 
thinking or behavior. But why did everyone conclude that that was an invasion and or the prelude to an invasion? A hundred percent. Yeah, right there with you, Chelsea. Or also the the whole like we're using you as bait, and I'm like, is that a thing that would happen? Didn't get that either. That doesn't okay. seem yeah. very Federation. Sure. No, it didn't, and I was confused by it. And I, I mean, I immediately moved past it because none of this episode makes sense. But it's fine. They they could definitely just completely lose the invasion part, and it wouldn't have changed anything, right? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it just. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why it's in there. It doesn't make any like it maybe for dramatic effect, like to up the stakes. But like already, you're like, what's happening? I don't know. Well, and if you're saying like everything in the universe didn't exist for a second. Like who's invading? Who, invading from where? Like who's who's invading, and where are they invading? Yeah, I know. Like the only yeah. conclusion then is like it's an extra dimensional uh, creature or something that is invading from some other universe, essentially. Yeah, which they eventually uh, come to like forty minutes later. Okay, well, yeah. and this brings up one of my points of the, that conversation that Kirk and Spock have that they're talking about like what's going on when they're figuring things out. Does any of that make sense? Uh, the, the much later one yeah. about Antimatter. When they're talking, when they're, oh, when they're like, I guess the point of the episode where they're actually, quote unquote, actually figuring out what's happening. Uh, does any of that make sense? Cause that, techno, I, so, that techno battle? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yes Well, the no. leaps of logic that they're making. I, I was just saying they're going, does this, I can't it's tell just, if this makes sense conclusions out of nowhere. Oh, no, they love this. Remember, um, I forget uh, boy, was that Mirror Mirror where Kirk says uh, correlate hypotheses? Yes. Um, right. He asks these questions that, like, is it possible that, like, it's noon somewhere? And you're like, well, yes. Yes, it is. It, it, he always asks those sorts of questions. It's, it's uh, yeah, they write that a lot for Kirk. Um, They're stupid questions. I mean, do we want to jump to that conversation or tear through a bunch of this middle? No, that that can be the only comment on that. Okay, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. Um, Well, something McCoy's in it a bunch, right? Um, Yeah, and poor McCoy, again, he's just like, my patient needs to rest and, like, not be harassed. And Kirk, like, again, is like, no, I'm going to just, like, harass him until he, like, from, like, PTSD, like, just leaves your sick bay. Well, and it's the whole thing where, like, nobody ever believes Bones, ever. Because <laughs> he's like, he had a bandage, but then he didn't have a bandage, and now he does again. And Kirk's just like, Bones, stop pulling jokes on me. I don't know. You're just being yeah, Kirk's, silly. Kirk's really a jerk for a while. It kind of is. But the best part about Bones in the whole episode is where... Kirk comes in and is like, where's Lazarus? And he's like, I don't know. It's a big ship. Like, what? You, what? You just let him go? Two, no security on Lazarus? What are you thinking? You just picked up, like, a rando alien? Uh-huh, uh-huh. The, the episode doesn't work without these, like, huge lapses in judgment by the crew. Later, right? So we could jump to the later. They get him again in sick bay, and there's a security guy there. And he's like, "Why is he here? Let's get rid of him." And then, and then after like, he already escaped once. Yeah, he's escaped once. Uh, McCoy says he's in a ton of pain. Uh, Kirk says, "Like pain can be uh, something like pain is more motivating than pleasure." Yeah, which was and an then, awkward line. And then is like, "By the way, security guard, bye." And then they just leave, and they're like, "I'm sure he'll be fine." Yeah, it's like and you then, just said he's in a ton of pain, and that pain is going to motivate him. And like, 
just let him there. And he has already escaped. That's what I like. It this yeah. whole episode is cyclic. Like the same like two things happen over and over yeah. again. And I'm just like, I don't understand why these were the things that you get. Yeah, why why isn't he in the break? Right. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense, does it? None of this makes sense. This whole episode was just me sitting there going, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> there was a lot of me sitting there going, well, should I rewatch this? Would I understand it more if no, I rewatched it? it? And no, it wouldn't help. help. <laughs> it I decided help. ultimately to not do it to myself. Abby, I spent three hours of my life on this today. Why did it, you do that? <laughs> because I was trying to understand what was happening. And finally, I was just like, I give up. <laughs> yep. I give up. Yeah, oh, that's right. So there's another point where he says, like, I'll have... Uh, I'll have my vengeance, right? I think yeah, that's his line. Which yeah. is like, and then why? storms off the bridge, and then it's like, oh, Kirk doesn't even have security follow him. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, the dis- dilithium crystals are missing. It's like, who did it? Oh, maybe that guy who said he was going to do it and then wandered off to do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so idiots. Do do okay. Is it your read of the episode that both versions of Lazarus? Lazarus are in are on the Enterprise at different times. Yes, I came to that conclusion eventually. <laughs> so every time they do the spinning newspaper, it's like yes, newsflash, it's a new, new Lazarus. Yeah, new Lazarus. Well, and it's the bandage. Like one has a bandage and one doesn't. Yeah, and that yeah, was important. how you told. Well, they them both apart. have a bandage, but one has a cut under it or doesn't. something. But yeah, that's how you tell them apart. So I think the other big problem this episode has from, and again, maybe this is a casting problem so um is, is this sort of princess amidala problem um so star wars episode one um when so who plays queen amidala natalie portman right when natalie portman is playing padme who plays queen amidala one of her handmaidens who is supposed to pretend to be amidala yes <laughs> it's, it's it's kira knightley and is she it? is it is really, and I didn't know that. They look, they look terrifically identical, especially when they're in Queen Abadala makeup. So, when Padme isn't there to be the clue that it's not Natalie Portman as Queen Abadala, it's exceptionally hard to tell which of them is actually playing Queen Abadala, um, th- because the makeup is too good, and both of them are too good of actresses at being the same character. Um, and it's the same sort of thing here. Yeah, like exactly. There's no key of like which Lazarus were there's even less no because we don't have Padme wandering around I literally had to read on memory alpha to figure out what was happening and Spock at some point says like oh yeah one of them is like super crazy and one of them super calm it's like boy I didn't see that calm yeah I did not like (laughs) see that at all and I don't understand like how the crew picked up on that I I did not get that at all yeah it's like what parts of the calm one were we missing yep because oh yeah I don't know. Well, and also if so, at the end of the episode, Kirk meets the calm one, the ostensibly calm one, uh, in his space, and he's just like, "Oh yes, Kirk, it's great to see you. Like, here's everything that you needed to know. Here's the full story. <laughs> here's all the information you were looking for, and I didn't give you." It's like, well, if you were, you were also stonewalling him. Like, you were one of these people, right? Yes. Like, he had every opportunity to tell him all this information beforehand, and he didn't. Yeah, because presumably he was on the ship. I mean, I didn't count all the time, so he was on there, like, three count. times, right? Yeah, like, he had conversations. Switching. Yeah, he had conversations. Yeah, I don't, 
I do not. This whole thing is just confusing. (laughs) Well, okay. And then, all right. So since we're going to talk about the two Lazaruses, also a big problem. What is, yeah, Lazarus, evil Lazarus or antimatter Lazarus or whatever. What is... But antimatter one is not is the evil, good one. Right? Yeah, oh, antimatter Lazarus is the good one. <laughs> okay, right, right. Okay, but it's an evil universe. Okay, whatever. But why is like crazy Lazarus from our universe? Why is his motivation to destroy himself? What is he's his crazy? motivation? I d- right, what is? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like it's so non-nuanced from their usual villain. Oh sure, um, and later the best you get is when calm Lazarus. Says, like, oh, yeah, like, we discovered how to cross between this, uh, what he called it, the alternative warp or something. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and <laughs> once matter. he found out there was, like, another universe and there was me in it, then he was just like, oh, there can't be another me. I have to kill it. Yeah, that doesn't it's make like, any sense. It's like, well, I mean, it's it's like, uh, oh, man, what was that movie? There was a kung fu movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it the one? I, I don't watch I don't have to watch kung fu movies I cannot help you there's a there's a movie where the idea is there's a whole bunch of parallel universes and then like <laughs> the kung fu artist jumps between them because every time you kill somebody in a different universe you become more powerful the fewer of you there are the more powerful you are so Highlander uh, essentially <laughs> yeah it's it's essentially it's essentially Highlander but with multiple universes hmm, sounds okay. like fun <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a relatively good movie from the 90s i'm forgetting the the title and frankly who is in it um (laughs) good poll (laughs) yeah right listeners look that up yourself Mm. you could google that's enough information to google it (laughs) probably (laughs) where was that going oh that if that that would be a motivation that like if you killed his other self powerful or like he just doesn't want there to be two of them yeah but andy metalatoris was just kind of implying that Prime Universe Lazarus is crazy. Yeah, I guess. Okay. And actually, if he's just insane, that's also motivation. Yeah. Well, there's that Spock line about, you know, insanity doesn't necessarily have, you know, a a motive or an understandable thing, but it has a goal. And he's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So, there's that, I guess. I guess. So Lazarus goes like everywhere on the ship. Um, I really like that they showed the entertainment room. I know we've seen it a couple times at this point in the series, but I like all the different games. I like the food and drinks. It seems like the type of place I'd like to hang out. Well, I mean, it's like the staff room, right? Like that's where people go on their downtime. They have their 15 minute break, you know, regulated by Star Fleet, And (laughs) that's where they go. Well, he also goes. Oh, sorry, Paul. No, I was going to make a glib joke that it's like 10 backward. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it is but he also goes to that room in engineering that's apparently a new room abby did you look that one up too the i think i read that on memory alpha uh that sounds vaguely familiar i probably read it i think i read that 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 engineering room of the dilithium crystals was a new set just for this episode it's hmm. possible i mean they might come back there in later episodes because i know they never didn't reuse anything it doesn't matter sure. because star trek doesn't remember what it did last week so it doesn't matter <laughs> Either way. Yeah, do you know what set they didn't have is a brig again. They did yeah. not have that. Until nope. Mirror Mirror. Super, super important. That was just a closet. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good oh, point. Oh, man. It's true. Yeah, so, okay. Later, they also talk about how this, like, how is... So, every once in a while, they do the spinning newspaper effect, right? And, and Lazarus switches Lazarus. 
and they're like being attacked. And uh, I guess ostensibly, sometimes they switch. May every time they switch. I kind of think every time they switch. So how? Who is initiating the attack? Yeah. How are they attacking each other? And what is the attack? Yes. None of those questions are answered. I think the only thing that's said is that it's like a rip in the universe. So, yeah. And later, right, again, when Calm Lazarus is telling us things, which, again, may or may not be true. Oh, let's toss out there first. At one point, he talks about time travel. And that's totally a lie, right? Yes. And then all this... And then but a, is the, it? I don't know. That's even a complete know. red herring, I think. I think he is completely that it doesn't fit anywhere else. Calm Lazarus never talks about that. It doesn't explain anything. It, it would only add confusion if it were true. Well, Starfleet does say though that there were time warp distortions. I think yeah. he was actually a time traveler because I think he left his civilization and went into the future to fight himself is kind of what I understood. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like the Lazarus, the Lazari were traveling in their planet's future. So like the planet is now dead in our present, in our character's present, but they're from the past of their planet and they came forward to try to stop the other Lazarus time travel. It hurts my brain. Well, so I I could see maybe that line getting tossed in for right. the answer to the question, oh, this is his planet. Oh, he is from a civilization. Why yep. isn't a civilization there? And then the writer just being like, ah, whatever. He's a time traveler, too. It's like the future. And it's like, okay, that solves <laughs> that problem. Like, okay, we don't have to build a set for a city. Yeah. Right? Yeah, which is... Um, yeah. But that's about all it solves. It doesn't, it doesn't solve anything else, and it only makes things much more complicated if it's true. Uh, but, but but since they don't address it, does it matter <laughs> one way or another? No, no. Um, well, so, and then that goes along with how do the crystals help trap the Lazarus? Well, so the... Okay, so my read, my read again from Calm Lazarus, is they have what they're seeing from space, right? That super bright light that would be enormously bright if they were seeing it from space, is like a gateway essentially between these two universes um a rip in right an alternative right okay uh, some some gap between these universes and when they travel through it there's some sort of like purgatory or something between them some sort of negative space or whatever well but not the other side well it's not anti-matter no they call it a corridor they call it is what they call it so um like, there's this corridor that they end up in, and then if they go to the other side of the corridor, they show up in the other universe. Yes. And the crystals um, control the corridor? So the or crystals, it powers that? Powers the, the corridor? The crystals, like, help create the door on either side? So does the yeah. door get created because the Enterprise is there? No, I don't think so. Because why wouldn't it be created at, like, a place where there's, like, a dilithium mine? I don't think the crystals just do it themselves, though. I think he like used them to power something in his ship. Okay. That his ship is the, the his ship is the linchpin. Um, but then the question is like, when he's on the Enterprise, far away from his ship, how does he get pulled into the corridor? Um, yeah, I and yeah. like, can the other one like Kirk enters the corridor and then walks through it and goes out the other side? Like, what is stopping either of them from ever doing that? Right. Instead of just meeting up in the middle. And if good Lazarus. Is good Lazarus made of antimatter? Oh, 
great question. Because how can no he exist in our universe? Let's have that science corner. Let's shall we? <laughs> Do we um, have to? <laughs> I mean, it makes so, no sense. So when Kirk and Spock are having that discussion about the, um, the Kirk tosses out like, "What if there was like a negative?" minus universe and I'm like <laughs> uh, we are like a plus universe i uh, have the note like of course your universe is the plus universe kirk naturally but well and this goes um, back to my earlier comments about this conversation where i'm just like does this make any sense so in in terms of a like does it pass this like bar when he's talking having that conversation i'm like yeah you know it's sci-fi like this is you're getting like I'm that's that can slide I think in my book up to the point where they start then being like well what if that whole universe was antimatter and our whole universe was matter um and blah 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 and that makes no sense there. um well no because our universe has plenty of well not plenty there's a matter antimatter symmetry problem but um our, our universe has antimatter um there should be more of it presumably but um our universe does have antimatter um and their universe does, right? In other Trek stuff, they use uh, matter-antimatter annihilations to power things. Um, right, right. But they talk about this super... It's one of these, I think, where like a writer hears about something like this and then like super armchairs it a bit, which works sometimes, especially in Trek, works very well sometimes. But they're painting this picture of like, if you have two particles, a, a matter and an antimatter particle that interact and, and annihilate, they're going to annihilate in energy. Um, and he, they make the case that, like, the same particle, it's like, well, okay, yeah, if, like, a proton and an antiproton contact, they'll, they'll annihilate. But then they're saying, like, Lazarus, like, it's not when Kirk goes there and he's presumably standing on antimatter and breathing antimatter. Right. He should also annihilate with antimatter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they're saying, like, no, it's like Lazarus particles. And the reason Kirk isn't annihilating is he hasn't touched anti-Kirk particles. Right. And it's like, Lazarus is made up of protons and neutrons and electrons, not Lazarus particles. Right. <laughs> Which is the deeper problem. So to your question, yes, when anti-Lazarus comes to our universe, if he's made of antimatter, he should very quickly annihilate with lots of matter around okay, him. Okay, so that touching. doesn't make sense. Okay. Yes. Just, and same thing with when Kirk goes there. Yes. Yes, okay. That's what I thought. But but it's also the case that if, like, both Lazarus, like, how, how much does he weigh? He might weigh, like, a 180. He doesn't look maybe 200. Um, you could run that math on, like, what 200 pounds of matter, antimatter annihilation would do. It, it's not going to be a small explosion, but it's not going to destroy the universe. Right. Okay. Like, if... Yeah, if they were just to get together and hug, like, there would be an explosion. Well, speaking of getting together and hugging, can we talk about how bad all these fight scenes are? <laughs> <laughs> because, like, Lazarus and himself is ridiculous, but also Kirk and Lazarus is, like, another ridiculously terrible oh, fight scene. There are some good fight scenes in TOS. These are not any of them. And I wonder how much of it is, boy, I wonder if he didn't have a stunt double. 
Probably. I thought I read oh, well, Memory the, Alpha. Yeah. Yeah, and Memory Alpha, it does say that the um, newspaper spinning thing, that those are stunt doubles. Those are not actors. Those are the Okay, but doubles. those are the, like the super heavily uh, negative yeah. Uh, yeah, shot. Yeah. So like you can't tell anybody that's in there. No. Um, but I, I mean like when they're fighting in regular space. Oh. I, my my those, wonder would know. be if they had an actor set up for this and they had a stunt double lined up for him and this guy looks different, that they said... Okay, you're just gonna have to do your stunts and be bad at them. <laughs> that's a good. I mean, I don't know. That's a. That's a. That would be an explanation at least. Yeah. By the way, I, he falls down a lot, right? Yeah. He falls off cliffs a lot. That's but another he sick definitely part. be concussed. Oh, for sure. Like he, he definitely has a concussion. Yeah, absolutely. I presume that bones healed all that because he's amazing. Got it. <laughs> the one time he like falls down backwards like 20 feet onto his head onto solid rock yeah i'm not sure why he didn't die from that yeah there's several times where i'm just like how are you not dead but okay i guess it's fine Uh, yeah i i do have a note about he falls off cliffs a lot and rocks are bad for your head like i don't know i mean seriously like the same three things happen over and over like he's in sick bay because he fell off a cliff and then, yeah. like, Lazarus becomes Lazarus. like, yep. And then they talk and come to, like, no conclusion. Yeah. But overall, nothing happens, really. Yeah. It's a very... But then, it, but they still manage to have this, like, super heavy-feeling bummer of an ending. Yeah. Like, With the choice uh, that, like, weighs on Kirk because yeah. he had to trap good Lazarus and the... Okay. So they have to eat, right? I don't what? know. You're going to be... They're going to be dead in a few days. Yeah, probably. <laughs> unless it's right? like, unless the corridor makes everything neutral, so you don't actually need sustenance. Which I is kind of what I, I was thinking. Somehow, like, the corridor sustains them so that somehow he's going to be in there forever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the argument, I mean, if I was going to try to make a sci fi argument, I'd say time exists in both universes, but not in the corridor. But then they couldn't fight in the corridor, so right. time would have to pass for them to p- fight. So none of it makes sense. It doesn't matter. But yeah, I don't know. I I'm I don't know oh. how it works. The corridor no. and all this stuff. No, it's nonsensical. It's incredibly hard to follow. It's painfully slow. It makes no sense. The, like oh. nothing is nuanced. Guys, it's just awful. Chelsea, to your your point about fights, I, I just saw a note again. Reminded me that last fight he has with Kirk, where Kirk wants to throw him into the ship. Oh yeah. And then like, there's two security guards and Spock. I think. Yeah, right? no one does anything. And, and they like take a step forward. He's like, "No, stand back." That's <laughs> <laughs> so, like, why not just? Let why them. not be like, "Help me, we have to throw because him through the Kirk door." Because Kirk needs no one. I'm pretty he is sure. The best. But they're all armed too. <laughs> and it's... Yeah. Right. But they could so easily overpower him. Just stun him and then throw him. In. Oh sure, stun them both and then just. <laughs> like, Figure out but Kirk instead, later. they have to have the worst fight scene, and that is really saying something. That is oh. really saying something. Um, well, should we talk about the alternative love story? Oh yeah, I did like this. So okay, here's my thing with this. So apparently, originally, Masters, Lieutenant Masters, uh, who shows up occasionally in engineering, whatever, uh, was supposed to fall in love with Lazarus. 
But then Roddenberry was like, this is too much like Space Seed. Why do we keep doing this? And then I was just like, you literally do this at least once a season. I know, because like, Adonais is the same yeah, thing. Like, uh, yeah, like, like there's the falling in love with Apollo. And I'm sure there are like 20 other things I could think of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from TOS where one of the female crew members falls in love with the alien. And I'm just like, seriously, Roddenberry, you were mad because of the storyline that you tend to repeat a lot. Sometimes um, it works. Sometimes it works. Well, yeah. I mean, with Space Seed, it definitely works. With Khan, it definitely works. I don't know how this would have played no, out. No, because he's it, a little crazy. Yeah. He, like, he would have had to be a different character, I think, it for it had to, to go be a down realistically. Because it couldn't have been, like, the split personality thing. That wouldn't have or, worked at all. like, if it was always the calm one that interacted. Yes, then it would have been fine, I think. Yeah, but, but sh- I. Uh, her Wait, so oh, I, I asked at the beginning, like, how do you make this better? If you were to introduce that, and, like, the calm one is making friends, and then when the uh, the paranoid one comes out, like, he takes advantage of those people or, like, kidnaps them. Dude, that would be like super that. cool. Way that would cool. be better. Right? That would takes be advantage better. of the trust that the other one is working on. Like, that would make this better. Yes. Yeah, I agree. That's fair. That's on fair. the other hand, Lieutenant Masters is awesome, and I want to see her in every episode. That's true. She was cool. Is this a, was she a one-off? Yeah. I think so. As far as I can tell, yeah, she was. Why is she wearing blue if she's in engineering? Uh, yeah, they mentioned that on Memory Alpha, and I, it was basically just a continuity error. But... Oh, okay. Because she's definitely, <laughs> yeah. like, not the she's chief engineering. engineering, but she's, but like, she's high up in engineering. Yeah, she's high up engineering. But, yeah, it was just continuity. She seems awesome. I want to see, I want to spin off about her. I'd watch that. I would watch it too. Too bad we will never get it, but it's fine. <laughs> oh well, we can dream. We, we can, can dream. dream. Good point. Good point. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm out. So, of, I'm out of things. Do you have more, Paul? Sorry. No, I mean it, it, it's the big picture question of like we we've torn through all of this, and I still it still doesn't make any more sense to me. No, it does not. However, I will say there is one thing about this episode that I actually liked. There is the comment that antimatter Lazarus makes where he says something along the lines of yeah I'm the monster or he is it depends on your point of view and I love that that bit I really really like where it's where it's the the philosophical difference of depending on where you're standing anybody could be doing something terrible or something very good it just depends on your point of view and I do really like that a lot yeah, it's very Trek, and that's sort of nuanced. Yeah, it is very, would, that is very Trek. That's what we would come to expect from this series. It's like these one-dimensional characters that are just so surprising when you yeah. get these episodes. It feels like it's out of nowhere. Well, and it is out of nowhere, because earlier in the episode, we've met this character, and he's not acted this way. Right. <laughs> like, and, that's it's, and it's so confusing. Yeah. Uh, I do think, I mean, on the complete opposite side of that, I do think that more episodes should end this way, where they basically destroy something from space and then fly away and say, well, glad we wrapped that up. <laughs> <laughs> like, because there's tons of times where we said, oh, yeah, they just left the, they just left somebody on the planet with all their powers or something. Yeah, and, and, like, just, yeah, and just yeah, walked totally away. And no, and fine. Spock says that, and for once they listen. Spock's like, we got to destroy this person. I mean it, Jim, for real this time. <laughs> it's also, I mean... It's a much. It's a small point, but it's also unclear why destroying one ship would destroy the other. Yeah, it didn't. Make yeah, sense. I know I, that didn't make sense. But so much of this doesn't make sense. No. But yeah, no. I actually, as much as as insane as this episode is, and as much as it doesn't make sense, I actually do kind of respect the ending. That's a little bit bittersweet, where they don't save the sure. day; they just kind of make it work. And I like that too. I do like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I think this one, it, like I said, I, I like the beginning of this. And to some large degree, I, I agree with you that I like the ending. It's just like all this. All the stuff in between. Yeah, it's the 48 <laughs> minutes in between. That's like a piece of garbage. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Oh, Star Trek. We love you. We really do. Just well, sometimes you disappoint us. This is one of those times. Uh, so, Evil Lazarus is, is like, I think Gideon's at the bottom of our list, but Evil Lazarus, yeah. Lazarus is just a human being yeah. who's dumb and, and bad dumb. at things. Yeah. And, like, at least Gideon put together a plan. <laughs> so is True. this our like, least right? powerful Mm-hmm. Is this the least powerful villain of all time? I, I mean, probably. I, I, I'm saying, convince me otherwise. Well, wait. Is the, are, is evil Lazarus the villain? Right. We're not saying both Lazarus. Just evil. I think Lazarus in general, because again, uh... Abby's point at the end that like, well, because Saint okay, Saint Lazarus, I feel like could be a formidable enemy. Although not really, because he can't really even make it into their universe. Yeah. Right. I think this is a bottom of the list villain, you guys. <laughs> right? That's where I'm at. It's a pretty low one for sure. At least Gideon was going to like commit genocide. He did. He committed genocide. <laughs> at of least an entire he was going to commit genocide. <laughs> that sounds Wait, terrible. if we're talking about like, it, it is <laughs> it is terrible. But that's but true. If we're talking they don't, about like. Yeah, Lazarus doesn't kill anyone. No, he doesn't. He just kind of disrupts things for a little while. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, the universe could have been destroyed, so that makes him dangerous. Yeah. So what's worse? But Maybe he's, he's above not... Gideon because he was going to destroy the universe and not just genocide. But I don't think Lazarus is... Da- he's not powerful because he has the capability to destroy the no, universe. No, 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 you're right. Like, he, they're saying that anyone... any He's just a pile of matter that... <laughs> is looking for an equal size okay 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 bottom of the list that's where i vote yeah yeah i think he has to be all right he's just not that there's nothing really special about he's just humanoid like that's all okay and just in the middle of this craziness i'm okay with that well shall we do cliche bingo bingo time bingo all right uh so what do you guys think well were there clarifiers uh, well, we, well, we, well, we should say before, guess before clarifiers. Yeah, um, I'd say no. I'll be forever the optimist and say yes. <laughs> Such um, an optimist. I only have one clarifier. I Ooh. want to know if you think that going between parallel universes counts as space powers. Mm, no. That's an interesting question. It is a power, and it is from space. But I, but I think in the spirit of the question, we meant more like Apollo or Parman yeah. or someone. Yeah, Apollo like waves his hand and a tree grows. Like he's got a ship. Yeah, it's a technological power. And okay. like Yeah, let's go. It's with all now. in the ship. He he's not doing it. Okay, I was also leaning that way, but I just wanted to ask to be fair. Um, although, although again, it's unclear if the the ship is what's doing it or if. I, mean, I think ostensibly we have to say the ship is what does it. Probably, yeah. I I agree. I'm just I thought I would ask because it is weird parallel universe weirdness. Yeah. So good point. Good point. Yeah. Um. So we did not get bingo. There actually is not a lot in this episode. Uh, I didn't think like, there was. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, I didn't think there, there was. Is, Why did like, I say yes? They there is a captain's log. The bridge does shake like a whole That's bunch, true. which is awesome. <laughs> 
Um, and the dilithium crystals are inoperative and or missing. Sure. Actually, they're both this episode. So <laughs> it's like double, double square. And then they talk about time travel, which may or may not be true, but they do mention time travel. So it's, it's counts, I feel like. Um, so there really is, there's only four things. And on there would have been shape. a recurring actor if that had been on there. Yes, but it wasn't, it wasn't on Cause here, Leslie so. is. Often. Yeah. Cause Leslie's there. Um, but yeah, but there's like not a Kirk speech and like there, I mean, since Sulu and Scotty aren't there, like yeah, no Chekhov of, either. Yeah. No, like one. there's none of that. Like there's no yeah, random female for Kirk to make out with. Like there's just not a lot cliche in this episode. So I His mean, I shirt guess doesn't even get ripped. Yeah. Like there's, there's just not and, a lot. And there's so, I mean, lots of opportunity because he's falling down on rocks and stuff. That's true. His um, shoulder gets ripped, right? Like he's got a. We were talking about the costume, and like, yeah, there's a rip in the shoulder of his costume, but but it's not, not Kirk's. No, 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 Lazarus, yeah. Lazarus, yeah. Lazarus. Yeah. So yeah, there. I mean, that's one thing about this episode is there's not a lot of cliches. So maybe that's <laughs> kind of a good thing about this really forgettable episode. But yeah, no, no bingo, nothing. Well, guys, should we take out the real live hat, the top hat that I've seen? <laughs> That has symbols all over it. Your eternal, like, (laughs) denial of the facts of this whole situation. First of all, it's never going to get old. And second of all, I'm going to get you that for Christmas. (laughs) Oh, I look forward to my top hat for Christmas. That'll be exciting. And then I'll let you decorate it, because let's be real about which one of us is crafty. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, guys. Hey, remember the other episode I mentioned in this episode where a costume gets reused? That's the episode we're going to watch next time. You've got to be kidding me. I am not (laughs) kidding. We are going to be watching season two, episode 10, Journey to Babel. So we're going to see the costume again in the background on an extra. (laughs) That's a really good episode, though, right? Yeah. The Enterprise hosts a number of quarreling diplomats, including Spock's father. Oh, daddy issues. on board has murder in mind. Yep, it's a Sarek episode. We get to meet Amanda, too, right? I think Amanda's in this, too. Yeah, Yeah, I think think so. so. I think it's the first time we meet Amanda. I think it is, too. Uh, So, yeah, this will actually be a super good one. I love Sarek. Sarek is kind of a dick, and I kind of love him. Oh, Sarah's I'm excited. Oh, I just love Kirk's or uh, Spock's daddy issues. You know, I'm such a big. Oh fan. yeah, like well, <laughs> Spock's dad issues are kind of great. They're legendary, and they come like to the to a T in this episode. They really do. <laughs> Poor Spock. Excellent. Well, Sarek, I'm glad. Sarah is awful. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we have a good a episode, father. guys. This is good. Yeah, this will be great. So, Journey to Babel next time. Um, so don't forget that we are on all of your social medias of choice. We have a Twitter, uh, at beam three, Instagram three to beam up and our Facebook page three to beam up. Um, come say hi to us there. Uh, we post, uh, probably most of our stuff is on Facebook. So join us on Facebook and say hi. Um, yeah. And we will see you next time with journey to Babel. <laughs>